Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Albion. On this podcast, we learn about recent discoveries of species that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We ask scientists how they found these new species and why they matter. We learn about what makes a new species and hear some behind the scenes stories along the way. So join us as we explore the biodiversity of our planet and the scientists who help us better understand it. Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Albion, and I'm here with Juan David Fernandez from the Instituto de Ciencias Naturales, Universidad Nacional de Colombia, in Bogota, Colombia. He's here today to tell me about his paper published in the January 5th edition of Zootaxa, in which he and his co-authors describe three new species of amphibians in the genus Cecilia. Welcome, Juan. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for having me. So the group Cecilia is a really interesting one. Um, they're amphibians, so they're in the same class as frogs and salamanders and, and things like that. But, um, but they're, they're very different and they look very distinct. Yes, that's right. Cecilians are amphibians. They are the uh, order Hymnophiona, uh, along with the order Anura and Caudata. They comprise uh, the modern living amphibians. Uh, Sicilians are very particular because they don't have legs, they are almost blind, if not totally blind, and they live underground, which uh, requires them to have a a certain uh, snake-like morphology, which is why so many people tend to confuse Sicilians with snakes, even field biologists who have many years of experience in the, in the tropics, tend to confuse these this kinds of animals. Did you always study them or did you study other amphibians first? Yeah, I used to, to study frogs when I was uh, at university, uh, but I never really had that, that sort of thrive, I would say, to to really go deep into a particular group of frogs, as I did with Sicilians many years later. But maybe that's, that's what, it, what it took to really knuckle down and go into one of the least known groups of amphibians. How did you begin studying them in the first place? Okay, so five years ago, um, in late 2018, I was uh, doing some field work in Santa Maria, Boyacá, on the eastern slopes of the Cordillera Oriental of Colombia, a place that that it's very biodiverse. It's very close to the city of Bogotá, so it's a place that I I knew well already, and uh, a place where I've had many many field trips with various universities and institutions and that sort of thing. And in, I think it was October of 2018, I found my first Sicilian, which uh, unfortunately it, it, it was dead on, on the road, but hey, it still counts. So I, uh, I preserved the specimen and I brought it to Professor John Lynch at Instituto de Ciencias Naturales, Universidad Nacional de Colombia. 
because he is the the leading uh, expert on Colombian Sicilians. He he was the only person to to ever uh, study the the group as a whole systematically, and he has a paper published in 1999 about the Sicilians of Colombia. So he was pretty much the only person who could identify the the specimens properly. And uh, so I, I took the specimen to to his lab and uh, I said, so what is this? What is, what is, I think it's a Cecilia, but apart from that, I, I have no idea. And, uh, and he gave it a, a look under a stereoscope. He counted uh, the grooves along the body, which is the way that, that you identify species. And he said, oh yes, this is probably a, a new species of the genus Cecilia. Wow. And that was it. And he, he wasn't very excited, but I was. So I, I started sort of like pestering him. So now what? Now what? We must describe this new species. And he was like, oh, no, I'm in the middle of a taxonomic revision of all Colombian snakes. I don't have the time to describe a new, a new Cecilia. Which uh, sort of ignited my curiosity for for the group and you know made me want to sit down with with the uh, the textbooks of uh, edward taylor and emmet reed dunn which had written uh, described most of the species from colombia and ecuador and peru south america and yeah that sort of one thing led to another and we we decided to sort of do an updated uh, taxonomic revision 20 years later. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, it's, it's been very, very productive, actually, we, because back in 2018, we had no idea how many Sicilians had been collected in the ensuing 20 years prior to our revision. And surprisingly, the the number is reaching 500 specimens in Colombian museums, which we never expected. We we never thought that that many specimens had been encountered, but that uh, that was certainly a very positive thing, which made us you know dig in even deeper. And it's a relatively small group, right? Um, there are something like. 35 species in the genus? Yes, Cecilia has uh, currently, based on current taxonomy, 38 species. Uh, but uh, having said that, most species were described a long time ago based on usually just a single specimen, the, the holotype, or a few paratypes in the best case scenario. And most species require an updated revision to determine if they are actually valid species or if they are uh, synonyms or that sort of thing. You know? So there's still a lot of work left to do. Yes, there's still a lot of work to do and uh, we still have to uh, visit museums in the United States, and London and Germany and France, because that's where the type material is housed. 
for the older species, like Cecilia tentaculata, which is the type species of the genus Cecilia, was described by Linnaeus in 1758. So imagine how far back we would have to go to examine specimens. Where are they found? Is it all over the world? Not all over the world, but they they are they are pantropically distributed. So South America, Central America, uh, Africa, uh, India. But in Colombia, they are usually found where humidity is very high. The, the soil is mostly dark and free of uh, stones and uh, a lot of sediment and uh, usually below 2,300 meters above sea level. So you will not find Sicilians in, in Paramos, which are the, the, the highlight, uh, highland ec- ecosystems of Colombia, but you will, will find them in montane forests and lowland tropical forests and Caribbean lowlands, Pacific lowlands, the Amazon lowlands. That's where you you have to go to if you want to find Sicilians in Colombia. So when you go out to collect, what does that look like? What what tools do you bring? Where do you go? That's that's always a a, a very interesting question because that is that is the the main challenge for field herpetologists who who you know they they are usually good at finding frogs and lizards and snakes, but Sicilians are the, the, the big unknown factor for them. But usually you just uh, have a sort of a shovel or spade and uh, you go through the forest, removing uh, leaf litter. You turn over stones, you turn over fallen logs and usually you if you if you are persistent enough you will find Sicilians sooner or later. It's funny because older uh, herpetologists have this sort of folklore regarding Sicilians. They always tell the younger students of biology that those animals are too uh, strange, you can never find them. It's they are only found after heavy rainfall, if you are very lucky. So don't waste your time looking for Sicilians. <laughs> Instead, look for frogs and salamanders and lizards and snakes. And I think that that has played um, a role against uh, what, uh, what the, the perception is regarding Sicilians. They are not impossible to find. They are challenging and it requires hard work, but certainly not impossible. And when you find one, it must be so exciting. Oh, yes, of course. Usually when you find one, you, you know, you, you have to celebrate later on with a couple of beers. And yeah, because it's, it's really an extraordinary event, finding any Sicilians. And you know, sort of showing your your peers that hey, you were wrong. They are not impossible. 
take a look at this. And they go, wow, where did you find them? You must tell me, show me how to find them. And then they usually start finding Sicilians and they call me, hey Juan, we went to this place in, and found five Sicilians. And little by little that begins to change and people are beginning to find them. So you collected on uh, one of the three branches of the Colombian Andes, actually the largest branch. Um, and, and what was that like? Why did you pick that place? Well, um, the, the eastern Andes of, of Colombia, or the Cordillera Oriental of Colombia, is, um, is actually a very interesting place in, in terms of species, because if you go uh, to the eastern slopes of the Cordillera Oriental, you will not find the same species that you will find on the western slopes of the Cordillera. So it's, it's really a, a composite of two separate faunas. The eastern slopes have uh, a more modest fauna of Sicilians, so less species, but the, the, the species that inhabit those uh, forests have larger distributions than the species on the western slopes of the Cordillera, which are more diverse, that means more species, with smaller distributions. So from a biogeographic perspective, I find that to be very interesting. And um, the fauna of the eastern slopes of the Cordillera Oriental is essentially from the Amazon. So. That, that, that region of Colombia is the place where the Andes and the Amazon collide. And that uh, in turn creates a very specific uh, landscape uh, in which you, you find pretty much some of the same species that could be found on the Brazilian Amazon or Venezuelan Amazon or Peruvian Amazon, Ecuadorian Amazon, which, which is very interesting. Uh, however, the, the fauna of the western slopes of the Cordillera Oriental of Colombia has, uh, is part of the Chocoan fauna. So it has more in common with species from Costa Rica, Panama, uh, the Colombian Pacific lowlands, the Ecuadorian Pacific lowlands. And do you think that that geography impacts the way that these different Sicilians are related to each other? Definitely. What we expect uh, when we eventually uh, incorporate phylogenetics systematics into, into our studies is that the, the species from the eastern slopes should be related with other species from the eastern slopes of the Cordillera or with Amazonic species from the lowlands. And the species from the western slopes of the Cordillera uh, are expected to be closely related to species from the Pacific lowlands of Colombia or Panama or the Pacific in general. So yeah, two different groups with two different distribution patterns and different sort of ecological characteristics because the, the annual amount of rainfall is different on both slopes of the Cordillera. 
So that means usually the dry season is longer on the eastern slopes and shorter on the western slopes. And we think that has played a role in, in favoring uh, a more diverse fauna of Sicilians on the western slopes than on the eastern slopes. That's so interesting. Yes, it is. It is. And uh, the, our latest publication gives evidence in favor of, of this hypothesis. Because uh, if, you, if you take a look at the distribution of Cecilia epicronopsoides, which is the, the species that I first encountered five years ago, dead on the road in Santa Maria, Huayaca, it extends almost 550 kilometers between the northernmost record in Uribante, Venezuela, and the southernmost record in San Martín, Meta. So it is a widely distributed species. Unlike, uh, for example, Cecilia macrodonta, which we only know from a single locality on the western slopes of the Cordillera Oriental. And we have no idea uh, how widely it, it could be distributed or if it's really an endemic species or not. So, yeah, those sort of uh, geographic uh, peculiarities are very interesting to us. And what does the identification process look like? You said before that you have to look at the ridges on the, on the Sicilia. Yes, that's, um, that is the, the traditional way in which Sicilians have been identified, dating back to uh, Linnaeus and Bullinger and Taylor and Dunn and all the sort of uh, Sicilian authority taxonomists. The, the number of groups along the body of the specimen uh, is considered to be a diagnostic character. So let's say Cecilia generata has 120 primary groups, no secondary groups, and is a blue species. And you find a very similar species with 121 groups and maybe less bluish coloration and that sort of leads the way to hey is this the same as the generata maybe is this a different species but what we have encountered following the examination of almost 500 specimens is that roof counts are most likely going to overlap in many sicilian species eventually as more and more individuals of each species become available for us to study. And uh, at a certain point, the diagnostic value of, of this set sort of set number of groups per species is going to have to change, which is why we, we must examine other additional characters like uh, scales, uh, teeth, the morphology of the head, the morphology of the tail, even though uh, the Sicilians of genus Cecilia don't have true tails. DNA helps a lot in, in species delimitation processes, but at the moment we are sort of uh, 
working with the, the bare minimum, so external morphology. We consider that uh, as more and more characters become available for us to study, a better idea of the species concept will be available for, for uh, Sicilians in general. I think that the, the concept of species, it has changed from uh, expert to expert. Um, because uh, something that might have been new to done in 1942 could not be seen as a new species by Taylor in 1968. And something that Taylor uh, claims that it was a new species in 1968, uh, we might argue that it's a, a synonym of an already known species. But the difference is that we have examined many specimens and Taylor sadly didn't have many specimens available at the time of his revision. And how did you name your new species? Okay, that's, that's uh, very interesting because we, we knew we did not want the, the name to be related to the place where the species were encountered. Because we, we know that that would be very preliminary and we are not big fans of names like uh, Colombiensis or Panamensis or Venezuelensis because the distributions of, of, the, of, of all Sicilians are slowly becoming better and better assessed and it's it's sort of um, meaningless to name a species after a, a place when we know that in the future it will most likely be known from multiple places even multiple countries like in the case of uh, Epicurinopsoides which uh, we first thought was uh, only known from Colombia, but we eventually uh, studied material from Venezuela, which allowed us to detect the northernmost record for the species. So um, we decided to go with names that reflected a particularity of the morphology of each species, instead of naming them after a place or after a person, because we we thought that it it was the the best way to, to sort of indicate a very uh, special aspect of, of their morphology to all the general public, which may think that Sicilians are all the same and very hard to tell apart from one another. So, for example, you have one that is Cecilia Telelepis? Yes. So what does that refer to? Correct. Atelolepis is a combination of two Greek words. Uh, atelos means something that is imperfect or not completely developed. And lepis uh, is also Greek and means uh, scales. And we chose this name because this species has very few small uh, sort of misshapen, deformed dermal scales only at the last grooves of, of the body. And that was really the only peculiar thing about it. The other characters were sort of more or less uh, common amongst the genus Cecilia. 
And one would hope that it makes it much easier for taxonomists to identify them in the future if they have these intuitive names. Exactly. Um, we, as taxonomists, appreciate those sort of hints that go in the specific name of its species because when you are dealing with a group that is almost reaching 40 species and most are very similar to one another, you, you have to develop certain characteristics to separate them. The shape of the head is useful. The shape of the terminus is very useful. The presence or absence of secondary groups is very useful for us. And we sort of use this combination of characters to come up with, with names for, for the new species. And as you're going forward working on this group, why do you think it's important to do the work that you do? Well, that's, that's a very interesting question. I, uh, I think that as taxonomists, we, we have the, the responsibility to go deep and do the sort of detective work into our specific groups. And if we uh, don't have the, a very precise uh, way of uh, setting, of telling species apart from each other and accurately uh, naming each species, then uh, conservation efforts to uh, aim at protecting species of amphibians could go into a species that isn't really threatened. Thinking like, uh, for example, if uh, everything that uh, was previously thought to be Cecilia generata on the eastern Andes of Colombia uh, was not threatened because it was a very large distribution and, and it occupied certain uh, protected areas. Well, after our uh, publication, Cecilia generata is now only known from three localities on the uh, Cordillera Oriental. So maybe that, uh, that requires some conservation efforts to be brought in, in, in place for, for each species, because uh, we now know that the generata is not the same as corpulenta, and that corpulenta is not found in Colombia, but it is restricted to Peru. And we don't know if the, the new species, uh, Atelolepis, Macrodonta, and Epicronopsoides, uh, are under threat because uh, we have been working primarily with museum specimens. But uh, this has to be taken into account by the IUCN in order to uh, accurately protect the the diversity of Sicilians from the Cordillera Oriental, which is now uh, three species richer. Well, congratulations for that. Thank you. Uh, we, we are still working on Sicilians at the, the moment. We have two um, upcoming new species, one from the Pacific Lowlands of Colombia and one from the Amazon of Colombia. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we will keep working and describing more species and 
having a better assessment of how of really how biodiverse Colombia is and um, hope to talk to you again soon so thanks for having me yeah I will look forward to it thank you so much for coming on the podcast Juan Fernandez paper on the identities of Cecilia degenerata with descriptions of three new species of Cecilia from the Cordillera Oriental of Colombia is in the January 5th edition of Zootaxa. See the episode details for a link to the paper and to learn more about Juan and his work. Thanks for listening to this episode of the New Species Podcast. This podcast was created by Brian Patrick and is edited and produced by Zoe Albion. If you would like to support us, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash newspeciespodcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with questions or feedback, please email us at newspeciespodcast at gmail.com.